0: Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built on Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.
1: Hello and welcome to the Built on Air podcast. Built on Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide. OpenSide. The leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out openside.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILT ON AIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase.
0: In this episode, we're joined by Justin Barrett, who tells us the interesting career path he took from animator to actor to sports team community relations director. In addition to all his work, Justin is also an Airtable community leader who spends much of his free time helping people better understand the program in the community forums. A testament to his unique approach to problem solving, Justin shows us a task tracking base with formulas, filtered views, and categorization all aimed at showing him only what he needs to see at any given time. Far and above the ordinary task tracker, its robust setup accounts for repeating tasks and organizes everything to help the user build good daily habits through repetition, encouraging the tackling of tasks in a particular consistent order. Good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I have many questions about your career,
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um in. first things first,
1: where should we begin?
0: How best to put it, you had an interesting path um going from I would say a more technical job to a more creative art-based acting, voice acting sort of field. Mm-hmm. How how would you describe that transition? And if you could briefly explain what it is you did?
1: Well, I actually started out um trying to figure out which way I wanted to go. I, I, I got kind of hooked on the uh the acting side of things as a kid getting out of high school. I did a lot of community theater. Um but I was I was trying to figure out career-wise what direction I wanted to go. I also had a strong programming technical interest on the side as well. Uh and so I figured okay, well, I like computers, I like computer graphics. I like acting, maybe computer animation would be a good fit. I, Uh, to go there. So I went into that, studied animation um, and got my first job at Big Idea Productions, working on VeggieTales, 321 Penguins properties, uh, which was a lot of fun for a couple years. Uh, Then the company had some financial problems that came along. So they laid off virtually the entire production staff. I went from there to a studio in New Jersey for about nine months and then down to Dallas, where I spent the bulk of my life so far, it feels like, Um, I was there for 15 years, uh, initially working at Real Effects Animation Studios uh, for about eight years, split between being an animator and then being a technical director uh, specific to the animation team. And that transition is where it really got interesting because I initially thought, okay, I'm going to go into animation, be an animator for the rest of my life. But I also had, again, this programming, scripting, kind of side thing going on, still interesting there. Uh, and four years in animation, even after being an animation supervisor on some projects, it became very stressful in a weird kind of a way. It was like, I would get my assignments and I would just be freaking out. Like, I don't want to do this. And that thought, I don't want to do this was what scared me the most because I didn't know what else I would do. Even though I had this, you know, scripting programming interest on the side. So the studio saw that gave me a chance and let me transition from animator to animation td so i supported the animation team developing tools for them fixing broken scene files helping remote animators get set up with their scene files and our plugins and all this stuff and strangely enough that didn't stress me out nearly as much as actually animating did hmm. so i ran with it on the side i was also playing around with getting into voiceover a little bit had some projects kind of building starting started to do my own thing at home and then after four years of doing the technical director side of things, I was thinking, you know what? I just, I love the performance though. I, I, I'm feeling literally stir crazy sitting here at my desk. I love the work I'm doing. I'm developing all this cool stuff and getting ideas for things, but I still wanted to be more active and get that performance side of me, you know, engaged in doing something for a career. So I quit my day job eight years after working at the studio and then um, I went to pursue acting and voiceover full-time, thinking, okay, this would be my new direction. And then a few months into that, I found something that led me ultimately into sports marketing, which is the weirdest thing I had never expected because I never was a really big sports guy. Um, and so that kind of bloomed over the next few years. And um, I found myself working with the, the entertainment side of the sports teams. So the, the crews that did things like you know coordinating and working with You know, the the drum lines and the cheerleaders and the mascot and flag teams and things like that. That was the side of things I ended up finding myself in. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, And so after a few years of kind of freelancing mostly and some part-time stuff doing that, um, we ended up moving out here to Las Vegas to live with my wife's parents, which is the house we're in right now. Um, They're getting older, needing some help. And so the move out here, I was thinking, okay, I'm giving up all of my side work out in Dallas, you know, this part-time stuff. I'll just kind of take it easy getting things built up back here in Las Vegas. And literally one week before our move, a job opened up I saw online here in Las Vegas in the field I wanted to work in. It was like, great. It's a full-time position. So I took a chance, applied for it, got the job. And So that's what I do now, full-time uh, working as the, uh, the uh, Director of Community Relations for Las Vegas Lights FC. It's a professional soccer team in the USL Championship League. So it's been a weird journey, this whole path getting here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been, a like I said, a weird mix of the creative and the technical. And it, my job right now is it's still a mix of that kind of stuff. So I work with, again, the entertainment side, connecting players to events in the area, uh, helping out the mascot with stuff he needs to do. Um, and so coordinating that involves more technical stuff. But I also get pulled in to do creative stuff video editing and motion graphics and things along that line uh just saw a blend of all these different interests and, and things that built up over the past number of years
0: that's very interesting and it it kind of brings up a lot of times sometimes we'll reach a point in our lives where we say i love what i do and i'm going to do this forever mm-hmm. and then that turns out not to be the case later on not that you didn't actually love the thing but sometimes you grow sometimes you're expecting Expectations of life change, like you said, moving to support your family. Would you say you would do anything differently now, knowing you ended up in some place that you're happy with?
1: Oh man, I have thought about that a lot um, because you know, growing up as a kid, I never saw this realm of sports marketing that I love to do now. I never saw that as a career possibility. Right. I thought about that so. Thinking about if I had latched onto that sooner, all the things I would have missed out on in the animation projects I did and the friends that I met through those projects and all this other stuff, I don't think I would trade it because part of it's been a learning experience for me. It's been learning about who I am and what I like and what I don't like. And yeah, the perfectionist side of me kind of wishes to some extent I would have figured this stuff out sooner. But I also realized I would have missed primarily just the, all the awesome people I've met along the way who have helped and, and built and, you know, grown me to where I am now. Yeah, uh, so I would outlook. not want to give up all that stuff at all.
0: Hmm. So when did Airtable come into play?
1: Airtable came in about a year ago, a little over a year ago, actually, it was around February of last year. Um, and it was a weird kind of a thing. I was um, part of my interest in like emotion graphics, video editing, and that kind of stuff. I was following um, a YouTube channel called Film Riot. And Mm -hmm. after many of their episodes, certain episodes they would do, they would spotlight some tool they were using or some cool film they saw recently wanted to promote. And in one of these little plugs, they plugged Airtable. And they said they were using it for organizing their internal projects and a whole variety of things. I never heard of Airtable before. So I downloaded it and was like, okay, this looks kind of fun. My initial impression was, yeah, this might be interesting for a little bit, but I'll see how it goes. Uh, and before I know it, I've got dozens and dozens of bases and all kinds of crazy things. And I'm up to my neck and stuff in the community and, and you name it, it's just like took over my life, it feels like to some extent.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, the universal experience. It just yeah. kind of appears in our lives and then takes over. Exactly. So um, have you ever been able to use Airtable, you said you had a million bases. Have you been using them for mostly uh, personal, mostly for professional, a mix?
1: It's been a mix. Yeah. Initially it was like all personal stuff, but I also realized that, you know, with a lot of the freelance work I was doing, I wanted to be able to track certain things and build my own invoices and all kinds of stuff, tracking mileage and things. Uh, so I began building a number of work-related bases that helped in those veins as well. So the blend right now is um, its still probably pretty skewed toward personal stuff, um, but I do have mm-hmm. several bases in there and a variety of different categories, you might say, that, that deal with work projects, work ideas, work things I'm tracking in a variety of different veins.
0: Okay. So... In the past year or so that you've been using Airtable, you have been pretty active on the forums and you had technical knowledge beforehand, but had you been working in sort of a database environment before? And if not, how helpful were the forums in in getting your feet on the ground?
1: Uh, forums were hugely helpful. I did not. I, I dabbled a little bit years ago. I was working on a, some projects for, for partly from my own website that I was building from scratch, and I don't recommend doing that <laughs> unless you really, really love that kind of stuff. And I kind of loved it and kind of didn't. That was like a mix. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I had done a little bit of um, uh, MySQL or MySQL or whatever you want to call the thing um, for some personal database projects. Um, but that was a long time ago and uh, and then we, way, way way back when I was a kid my my mom had been building a database to track certain genealogy information she was doing. But I had very, very little database experience, uh, and so coming into airtable it was it was a little bit of a learning curve, but not too much i 've always been um, enjoyed the process of, of just figuring things out on my own and trying to just learn as I go. Uh and so I just dabbled a bunch on my own I found the community uh went in there and was like soaking things up and reading posts galore on you know how uh more of the details of how formulas work and some more elaborate connections you can do between tables uh some of the demos that I saw out there from W van Hall primarily were kind of inspirational and like opened my eyes to some of the cool things you can do um in that vein it was mostly I guess just a general interest I have in organizing stuff combined with the programming, cool things you can do via, you know, formulas and lookups and roll-ups and, and those kind of things, uh, that really just open my eyes to a lot of the, the benefits you could get from using Airtable.
0: Yeah. I often find it also works in the reverse and that in using Airtable, if it's a base for your work, you find new use cases for your work, or if you're using it for your personal life, you find a new thing you can do in your personal life because Mm -hmm. Airtable has that functionality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's great for getting people organized or even just thinking through their processes. So Mm -hmm. you said you use it for work a little bit. Um, Has it helped you kind of pare down what do I actually need to do?
1: I think it has. Um, I mean, part of my struggle all along has been just kind of task organization and what do I do with what I have and the time available and things like that. I've tried lots of different planning systems and you know, some have worked better than others, but it's always been a challenge for me. I think I have had some undiagnosed level of ADHD in me since I was a kid, because I feel like I, I get pulled a lot of different directions. And so, um, one of the things that I'll demonstrate a little later on with the the planning the task planning base that I built was I wanted to focus what I see at any given time and really st- strictly control that kind of stuff and that has helped me a lot. Now I still have these proclivities toward just okay, what do I see over here? what's my mind going towards over here and kind of gravitating towards that. so it's still more of an internal struggle to use the tools that I built versus just kind of letting my own mind wander and grab onto whatever happens to be, you know, in the moment. But, you know, having Airtable there to allow me to build this kind of a thing and take what I know about myself and build something that works with that as best I can has been a, a huge help.
0: Right. Have any of your Airtable solutions been used by other people? Like do you use them as part of a team?
1: Um, haven't done any team level stuff yet. I'm trying to get people at the office at the the job where I work now a little more in tune to Airtable and some of the benefits that can have to simplify some of the tracking we do internally for event planning and things along that line and and games and and a million other things. But it's all been primarily just helping me with my own tasks and responsibilities to get stuff done more efficiently for right now.
0: Sure. Um, Did you want to demo uh, your base for us?
1: Absolutely. Okay, so this is, um, I've called this thing by a number of different names over the past, I don't know, probably six, eight months since since I first built this thing. but it's kind of my, my planning system. Now, I don't like calling it tasks because I want to think more about planning and organizing and structuring what I do each day versus just checking off a whole bunch of tasks, even though that's ultimately what I'm kind of doing in here. And one of the things that I developed pretty early on that I knew I wanted to have was again, some kind of a way to control what I see at any given time. So when I open this up every single day, I've got some other automation I'll talk about in a second that helps with this. But the first thing I see is my top priority task. The one thing I want to do before I see anything else and I have to get that done first. So, once I check that off, then up comes everything else in my next level of things I want to do to begin my morning. I've got a morning routine that I've developed. So I got mm-hmm. breakfast in there, so I can check that off. And I've got various other things in there. Um, and also one of the prettier things I realized I wanted to have in this system was this idea. I have a taskator talk about this, talking about the different task types that I've come up with that again work well for me. I came up with like um, I, I think I had four in the initial days, and I whittled it down to three over time. Uh, so I've got these three different task types in here, recurring, single, and scheduled. And over here, I've got a little view I set up to kind of elaborate these a little bit more, mostly on the schedule side of things. So with single tasks, so part of the automation that I have, I have an IntegraMAT scenario that runs once every day at like 3 a.m. or something. And it checks everything that I've checked off in my base. And then if it's a single task, it deletes that task right away. I don't keep around completed tasks at all. Right now I haven't found a personal use for that kind of stuff. So single tasks just go away. Recurring tasks get to a little bit later on, but those are tasks that do get repeated, but on like non-scheduled intervals. And so I want to be more mindful about those and not just automatically have them move ahead to several days out or two weeks out or whatever, but I wanna know, and just think more carefully about, okay, what's the next time I need to schedule this particular thing to be done? Schedule tasks are where I got really complex with setting up extra fields and things to track all this stuff. So with the schedule task, I'm probably actually gonna unhide uh, the due date for right now. I'm gonna keep that hidden in this particular view, but this builds off of the due date and then the frequency that I build in this field, and then a series of formulas, take that out to calculate what's the next time that is due. So. Mm-hmm. Initially, I wanted to say, okay, I thought maybe I could only have a system that, you know, maybe track things on certain days of the week. So this frequency field here gives me individual day named options, the two, the two letter abbreviation for those. But I also have options in here for days, weeks, months, and then a number of numbers I put in here. And now it feels kind of weird in in some sense to some, maybe putting numbers in like this. But for me, it just kept all my frequency control in one place. Yeah. So I could have, you know, right now, most of my morning routine scheduled tasks anyway, or all of them really normally are, are uh, on my morning routine tasks are all scheduled. They're not recurring or single. But other tasks throughout the day could be single, could be recurring, could be scheduled. Um, but right now, this one says it repeats this task every single day. But maybe I want to have a task that's done on, you know, Mondays and Thursdays. So I'll put that in here. And then these fields down the line pick that up and say, okay, if today is a Monday, and let's actually reset this back. I don't think it'll break this thing. Yeah, it should be good. So if I put this back onto a Monday, let's say, let's go back here on the 6th. So then it says, okay, I'm on a Monday, and it tracks the current index. Those are all somewhat elaborate formulas I built in here. But it says, okay, the index, as far as the order of the days in this list, it's on my first day. Um, the next index, not necessarily the order of this, but like, you know, how many days out is next one in line Uh, or what's the gap in between? I forget how I calculated all this stuff, but it just knows, okay, Thursday is the next day. This thing is due. So when my automation runs, it takes the next due date calculated down here, copies it into the due date field. Mm, And that's the next thing. thing So it won't even pop up on my list until, you know, Thursday, which in this case would be, you know, uh, the ninth. Now, if I were on the ninth, then it knows, okay, the next Monday in line is next week. So it just does the math to figure out how to do all that. So it'll pop up on the 13th and I can actually mix and match these in any order I want. So maybe I have something on a really weird schedule. So Monday and Thursday, one week. um, And then I want to add, you know, Tuesday and Friday of the week after that. Now, even though these aren't in the days of the week order, this will still work. It just figures out, okay, what is the next Tuesday after the current Thursday and then figures that out. And then what's the next Friday after that Tuesday? And at the end of the week, it jumps back to the, the beginning. So okay. it took a while to do all the formula calculations and make all that happen. But it's a really, really flexible system. And on top of that, the same field also lets me say, you know, like I have down in here, one day or I could do three, uh, put weeks in here. Um, I could do, you know, four years, whatever, you know, combination of that kind of stuff I want. And it just populates that into a very simple calculation. Okay, go four years out from this date and there's my new due date. Mm. So whatever day, every, every, every single day, my automation Integra is run. It just takes this date here, actually ignores that date, takes a date down in here. If it's a scheduled task only, now single task, it'll ignore all this stuff. If it's scheduled though, it would take the next due date, populate that into my current due date and then that task wouldn't even show up in my view until that next time it's due so that was one thing that i'm really happy with that allows me to be as flexible as i want with things that i do want to be on a recurring basis and this is totally automated so even if i don't complete a schedule task it will still follow that schedule the schedule that i built for it via this frequency field Mm -hmm. so that kind of stuff now in some cases i don't want it to just automatically jump ahead to the next day or next week or whatever and i'll maybe throw those back into recurring instead because I want to be more mindful about that kind of stuff. But some things happen every day or every Saturday, every Sunday, every Wednesday. So those I just throw on scheduled. um, And I just kind of let it roll from there.
0: That's cool. Uh, I was just going to ask again, I, whenever I'm shown a base, I'll always look at how many hidden fields there are.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And there's 27 in in this case, originally 28. (laughs) In order to do something like this, right, obviously you would need many different hidden fields um, to do sort of that background calculation. Yeah. And when you have a solution that requires that, it's often hard to figure out exactly where do I need to get this information from and where do I put it? How long did it take you to, to get this one frequency field to be that flexible?
1: Um it wasn 't that long i I had been, really um, air table for a little bit to that point, and so mm-hmm. it was just it was just kind of sitting down and taking things a piece by piece and just figuring out okay what is what am I trying to get out of this? How can I structure the contents of this field to allow the next step to get what it needs, and then that populates the next step from there, so my first pass on this was the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the day of the week level stuff. And only later on did I add my numbers and the other days and weeks and month options to that and find a way to make both options work in the same field. Mm -hmm. The initial progression, the trickiest part of that was to figure out how do I go from the end of one week to the beginning of the next week? Mm -hmm. But just kind of like breaking it down, doing the kind of mental math and figuring out how is there a repeating pattern of some kind I can find in here? How do I mathematically represent that or logically or combinations of that um, in these various formulas? And so it starts off with it kind of mashing together everything in this field into a single string. And then the later fields kind of parse that string to figure out, okay, um, do I actually have, can I find a date value in there? If there's an actual date value, you know, um, it will come back with a certain result. And then that passes into finding the next index in line based off of that current index. And I think it's more complex down the road until the very last next do down here is a very deep level calculation, but it was still kind of built up a piece at a time. And that's often how I work out through work through more complex challenges of any kind is what's my first level to get some piece I can use to go to the next step and then the next step and then the next step. So I Mm -hmm. won't try and, come up with the entire solution all at once. I'll just take it. What chunk do I need now? And what, how can I use that chunk most efficiently to allow me to do what is next in line? And then just step-by-step step it all the way through. Great. So that's kind of my, my task types and how they all operate. So now that I know with that, and go back over here. Now, I'll often use hotkeys for all kinds of stuff. My favorite hotkeys are for jumping between bases and jumping between views in a base. So I actually named my today with the number one. That way I can go, so command K or control K on Windows probably is for jumping to a different base. I can go shift command K, hit one, and I'm in my top table there or in my top uh, view that has my current today stuff. Mm, clever. So once that's all done, so I've kind of skimmed over a little bit the whole task visibility thing and how certain tasks can be shown and others hidden and things like that. So that's the next thing I want to show you. So this is also a multi-field kind of collaboration of things, but it all happens in this one table. So I'm going to strip all this out, kind of begin from scratch. Nothing's been done. So right now, um, I actually have these two tasks be marked as visible, but it shouldn't actually. It should only have my top priority task. If I jump back over here... So yeah, the top priority task is still just kind of sitting there on its own. although I'm still not sure why that second one is showing up with the visibility flag on there. Um, But that will only become truly visible once my top priority task has been completed. So once I check that off, then everything else populates in here and becomes visible. So this field looks at the parent. So the parent is part of what's driving all of this stuff. Every task in this base has a parent. Um, And a lot of that has to do with the visibility structure. So I only want, you know, these are the tasks to become visible once that parent task is completed. Now, it's primarily driven based off of, is that task also on the same day? I have some tasks that have parents, but in some cases, they're on the same day. Some cases, they're on different days of the week. And so if the parent task and the current task have different dates, I won't let the the, the child task, you might call it, stay hidden if it's parent task on a different day, hadn't been checked off, for example. It
0: would
1: still show up. But if it's on the same day, it waits until the parent task is done and then shows the child task. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: how all the visibility was done and that other side of things. So top priority task, that's done. These all become visible. Um, I use this parent state to figure out, just kind of looking up, okay, is that parent task done? And then that gets calculated in this formula field here to use a number of ifs to figure out, okay, what do I want to be visible based off of these various criteria? Is it not been checked off? Uh, if, it, if it hasn't, then okay, does it have a parent? If it does, then is that parent date the same as a current due date? If it is, is that parent state um, currently set to be you know, visible? If it is, then go ahead and uh, show the current one. Or the parent state is being checked off. Sorry. So anyway, it took a while to kind of narrow down the details of all this as well. Um, but so I use that visibility track as my main control in the in, the, in the, my to my today table versus is this thing checked off because I want that parent task to drive what's going on. So again, back out here, I can go back and you know check all these off. That's also why there's a slight delay because it's recalculating a formula uh, versus just going off of the checkbox state. So once my morning is complete. Um, then I go into, again, this is all All these tasks are have their parent as that morning complete task. So now I go back in here and say, okay, what's the next thing on my day? Review overdue tasks. So I have a view for overdue stuff. And then these are all the things that I didn't get done any day in the past week, month, year, whatever. I can go in here and figure out, okay, I want to add these to my current task list today. So i just pop in here. And again, a hotkey I love to use is command semicolon. Uh, Now, again, normally I don't have these popping in in this list, my morning routine stuff, but things like, okay, find the print rank. Yeah, I'm going to do that today for sure. So I'll pop that in here. It goes off the list. Uh, I need a budget today, so I'll pop that in there. Again, just command semicolon to add those as today's date, and then they pop back over on my other list. But they're still not visible just yet. So my next thing on this list after my overdues is to go through recurring tasks. Again, this is where I want to be more mindful about how I approach this stuff. So I have a view to update all those. Right now I only have one. And again, it's primary morning routine. So if morning routine stuff normally doesn't show up in here. They're all scheduled for every day. But mm-hmm. if I had other recurring tasks that I had completed the previous day and they need to think about, okay, when does the next time the scene needs to be done, they would pop up in here. I would change the date, uncheck it, and then it goes away. So once I've got all those done, then I do what's called planning my days groups. So as you can see in here, everything has been kind of grouped in a certain category. That is set up over on this table. Now I have this set up based off of my actual setup space over here. So these are all the groups that I have for everything. And i will talking more about some of what the details are in here, but I have certain groups that I always want to be showing in my tasks table. So I marked them as a checkbox there. And then a formula, okay, are they selected, yes or no? So if they're always, they're always gonna be selected. But what I do normally is walk over here on the today list. This shows me tasks that I have previously marked with the current today's date. So I don't wanna just do everything I marked. In some cases, I may over, you know, give myself too many tasks to accomplish. So what I'll do in this case is, again, be more mindful about looking at this list of the four things that are in here and figuring out, okay, Um, do I really want to do those kind of first, you know, in the day? So maybe I'll mark only a couple of these groups and they'll pop over here. And then once I get past the end of my planning phase, only those groups and their tasks will appear in my task list. These will stay hidden until maybe later on in the day I can come back and say, okay, I got these five things done and I've got more to do. I've got more time available. So maybe I'll open these up and have those show up on the list as well. Sure. Again, okay. Just try to be mindful about not overloading myself with too much to do in a given day, which I still have problems with, but whatever. That's the thought behind this anyway. So once I've decided what task groups I'm going to attack first, or primarily on a given day, check that off. I look at my calendar and figure out, okay, do I have schedule things happening today? And once that's all done, that gets checked off. I'm also trying to get a little better with integrating and using weekly goals. So I have goals that are set up in here and now each task can also have a goal. right now I've got only a handful of things tied to some other side projects and primarily, you know, this one, one of my goals is to prepare this base for today's demo. So actually I can get that checked off in my other task list. But if I have things in here that need to integrate and add as tasks, I'll go back in here and mark those add tasks for them, you know, mark them as a goal and kind of go from there. Once that's all done, I say, okay, planning is complete. So now I can actually open up and it shows me the different groups I had marked previously, plus anything that's still marked as being showing on every day or always being shown, like my evening routine that always shows up. But right now I only see my two task groups I had chosen previously. So that gets me through the morning, but now I go to work and I've got work tasks that I wanna do as well. For a certain period of time, I actually had a separate base with the exact same setup, um, the same system of everything for just my work-related tasks. But literally about a week, week and a half ago, somewhere in that range, I was thinking, it is really cumbersome to have to manage the same system in two different bases. So I wanted to be able to essentially switch modes in a single base and only have the things I want to see for a given mode my, right now, my modes are personal and work, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be able to switch to those on the fly. So that's where the mode idea came into play. So it began by adding a base or a table over here. So I've got personal and work. And then in my tasks, I can have my setup group at the very top with only one task in here mode selection. This is the only task where I literally choose the mode, but that mode selection here drives the mode visibility of all tasks, all groups, and all goals across the entire base. So I can pop in there, I can X out my personal, and it stays visible because of how I've got the things set up with formulas on the side. Mm-hmm. I change it changes to work, and now my work task list begins to show up. I have the same planning system in here, so review overdue tasks. I go to the same overdue task view, and now this is only showing overdue tasks for my work mode. So one view deals in two different modes. Actually, a lot of my views in here also have this idea of tying into whatever current mode I'm in. So right. I go the same process here, update my overdues, go through my recurring. my recurring list also shows only what's in my current mode. So these both now show tasks in my work mode and the tasks themselves aren't tied to the mode. It's the groups that tie to the mode. I had tasks tied directly to modes originally, but that was too too granular. So I have it set up so each each group is set up to be tied to a certain mode. So most are personal, a handful in here are work. a lot of them are stripped out for the demo purposes. So right now, only these five work groups will show up in any manner over here in my tasks. So I'll go back up in here, and I can check off the same kind of things I did before. So my overdues are done, recurring, uh, anything undated. I didn't have undated on my personal list, and I'm probably going to add that back in eventually. Check my calendar, uh, plan the day's groups, so now... My groups list in my today planning shows the groups tied to that mode, which is, which is work. So I can check those on and say, maybe i want to do that one today. Now, I don't have this set up yet to tie into a separate kind of um, planning complete for work purposes, but I'll probably do that eventually. Okay. But now I jump back into my tasks and I can see that thing's done. I'm finished with my main planning for the day. So now I'm in work mode. I go back home once I'm done with the end of the day, I just change this back into personal mode. I'm back into seeing my personal groups and all their tasks and I can wrap up the day and I'm done. Mm-hmm. So that was the most recent addition, but again, that has helped me clarify what I'm seeing and allow me to use a single system for both work and personal organization. Um, but you know, being able to have one system ties everything together and just really easily change to different modes. Now I thought about doing this this could all be done by messing with a filter, but I've already got five filters on this thing. So I didn't have to deal with a filter change every time I wanted this stuff to pop up. So I wanted to have this be something else that was a little more kind of more cleverly driven, for lack of a better word. So I can change my mode, but the mode won't go away. And, you know, other things, you know, stay in place, you know, in that base. I'm talking about the different planning modes. So the next thing in here, um, I also want occasionally to look at a single group, whether those tasks are due or not, and kind of figure out what's in the group, maybe change the order and things like that. So I made a view, it's called single group, and it uses a similar structure, but at a group level in here. So right now, this is showing me my morning routine group. So I've actually got an order field over here that lets me specify what order are these tasks supposed to show up in, when I show them in my main today table. It's a simple numerical system that ties into some other formulas that also tie into the group names themselves in the numeric uh, order that they are in. I might, might get changed at some point in here in a you know, couple hours. Uh, I'm kind of mulling over some modifications as you know, literally every day almost. Um, but in this way, I can see okay, I want these tasks to show up in a certain order in that list. If anything does not have an order number, it automatically goes to the very bottom of the list to be shown after everything else that's you know kind of order specific in that case. But I can also in here, you know, delete my current group, pop that out and say, okay, I wanna see my finances group and everything in there and just show all this stuff. Um, and so nothing in here is ordered, so it kind of arbitrarily does whatever order Airtable Decides to show them and that's how they appear um, when that group pops up But I'm seeing everything based off of dates or no dates or whatever. I can see the frequencies I can put notes over there and do all that stuff in here for just that one single group I'm um, gonna switch arbitrarily between these groups based on this one thing down in here versus having to jump into a filter because a filter Again also ties into MOS in this case as well um, So anyway, that's it about the single group uh, side of things and how the order kind of plays in as well. So the order then shows up in here, these would actually change order if I change the numbering of those things in that order number field. Right. Uh, So that's it as far as the actual planning base itself and the kind of main features I'm gonna demonstrate in there. Um, I do also wanna show you my mileage tracker, like I said earlier, but before I dive out of this, do you have any other questions about what's in this space?
0: Not so much a question, but a comment that this works pretty differently than other task planning bases that I've seen in that it uses, um, I guess, a concept of one record in a table being strictly meta, where it's set up to set up, the rest of the base so mm-hmm. like you were just showing before um with what the active group was to then show the related tests underneath it all within the same table mm-hmm. um as opposed to using say yet another table to um set that variable in and then have it yeah. pull in through um filters later so an interesting way to go about it and obviously it works because you're using it um And also it seems to be very flexible in terms of not every day do you want to work on the same, necessarily the same groups, for instance. So Mm -hmm. having that flexibility to say, this day only show me stuff from this group or this category, and then um, flexibility in another regard with how many or how often a task may repeat, does it even repeat at all?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So on that idea behind the meta concept we talked about earlier, I'd thought about and I even recommended to some people in the community and I do, apologize. I actually like this setup better for kind of in place selection of what I see in this, in this view versus having to change a filter every time. Um, I had recommended some ideas again to some people in the community about using a connected table and linking everything into that table um, strictly for the purpose of changing and only showing a certain option at a certain time, um, you know, for things like a single selector, multi-selector or whatever, but using, um, using a table in a more, more, a little more natural way. I feel, um, to, to do that kind of selection. And it's a pretty easy setup as far as how this all goes. So by having this thing linked into my mode, uh, table over here, I simply look for this name mode selection in, the list of all the things linked coming from my tasks. Um, and if it shows up in there, then the task mode just echoes that in this field here. And that could be then looked up back in the task table. And the same thing it goes for tying into groups and goals as well. Right. So it, it's a really easy way to have one bit of data drive a number of other things across several tables. Um, and I th- I can't remember where I came up with a concept for that. I think it was actually inspired by something that I heard Dan Fellers tell me about, and something he heard from somebody else. I forget where it all came from, um, but it was kind of percolating around in my brain for a while. When I began getting get it set up initially with the groups, and then with the modes, um, it just made a lot of sense to just tie in everything uh, that way so that's my personal preference for how i I drive all this stuff but it seemed to be working out i really like how it operates so far sure
0: so do you want to show us the other base
1: yeah so my other one i wanted to share i had uh, various things i was hoping to uh, also throw in here for other bases possible but this one was also kind of fun this ties into a system that i had learned from the community from w van hall and seeing some of his demos The concept Mm -hmm. behind this is where you have every record tie into a single record in some other base. You do certain operations there. You roll that back into this one and then do more stuff to allow certain kind of magic to happen, you might call it. So the idea here is I wanted to be able to really easily track mileage. I could have manually put in, and I initially did, back when I had this thing as a spreadsheet, um, I was manually entering mileage for all the trips that I took. And... I would frequently go from place to place to place to place. And some of these locations I was going were always the same. Right. And I have to look up and see, okay, what was a mile between A and B or B and C or A and C? And I had a separate space in my you know spreadsheet for that. And so I wanted to automate that as much as I could. So this table right here is set up with a link field. And that's again, the common system that, that um, he set up. Uh, where is it? Link to calc. There it is. So this, by the fact that this is the driver for this group, any new record that I add in here automatically has that link made for us. So it's a really convenient way of keeping that in place.
0: That is one of my favorite little tricks for Airtable, and I think everyone got it from W.
1: Exactly, exactly. So that ties into this, Um, but this is also pulling in information from a common trips table. This has the same link connection set up in here. So, in this is the space where I figured out, okay, I want to go location one location two that's this many miles one to three is this many and so forth so what i have hidden out here let me just show all make this a little easier is i need to build a string that is a consistent length that i can then kind of dig out via indexing later on so i just pad it out with a bunch of asterisks uh, via formula here and now i wanted to do that so if i'm in my trips table and I go from one to two, it'll pick it up. But I also pick it up if I go from two to one. So both directions. Mm -hmm. I'm actually building two different strings in here. So location one to two, two to one, and it builds those strings out individually. And it also uh, tracks in what the miles are, and I pad those out to three digits, so if I have a longer trip, that can also be in here as well. And then my mashup length is looked up from this control field. So this is the full length of that string that it builds to pad everything out. I can control that if I need to. So then in here, I have a roll up of all that stuff. And then back in my trips, let me expand and show all the hidden ones out here. So down in here, I roll up all that stuff. And then I figure out, okay, do I find that I should rebuild that mashup the same way in this base or this table rather? So puts the other one and two the same way and then says, do I find that in that big, you know, gargantuan mashup? If it does, find the placement of that thing in my larger, you know, collection of information here, the string that was built, to figure out, okay, what is the, the mileage for that combination? Anyway, long, long, long story short, it knows how to put the mileage in here. But I've also got it set up so, if I have a round trip I'm taking, I can just, you know, check a box and say, okay, double that value for a round trip. Mm, okay. Uh, if I need to override this for some reason with a manual number of miles, I can just pop a number in here and do that. Mm-hmm. I also had this set up. One of the latest additions I did, um, didn't use it very frequently, but occasionally it came in handy, was to not just allow me to do it by location, but maybe I want to record something based on my odometer. So, if I enter, instead of a location in here, if I enter um, you know, some arbitrary number here and then 101, do like this, it just does the math to figure out what's the mileage difference between my start and my end, and that's my number of miles that gets popped over here. Hmm. Okay. So Whether I'm going location-based or odometer-based, this one space allows me to keep track of everything uh, for all my mileage. So that was a fun little system. One of the earlier systems that I put together, again using that trick uh, that W. Van Hollen has shown, um, that got me through um, you know entire couple of years worth of uh, you know mileage tracking for various projects, and so that mm-hmm. was very very helpful.
0: Oh, it's great. I ju- I just always like seeing um, the applications of something that would make sense to include and how simple it is to actually include it. For instance, if it's a round trip, just double the miles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I imagine that little piece of the formula is one of the most simple if statements in the base. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but it it totally makes sense that it's there.
1: Yeah, I try to aim for as you know simple as possible in, in as many cases as I can. But sometimes I must admit I get way over convoluted with a formula or a concept and and I'm always revisiting, trying to figure out even with the, the base that I've got it in its current state, I'm still thinking about how do I simplify, how do I simplify, how do I strip things down and take away what's not necessary and only focus on the things that truly help me to use this most efficiently.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems pretty efficient now. I don't, <laughs> I, don't pretty see, well. I don't know what you would add.
1: Yeah, I haven't actually used this one in a while because my job situation has changed, so I'm not tracking mileage nearly as much as I used to. Sure. Um, but mostly with the planning base, trying to figure out, my latest thought was, do I need to have every single group Prefaced with a number on there, I'm thinking about stripping the numbers off of a number of those bases, no pun intended, to simplify how that's organized, and not have to force it through a certain order of the groups every time. And let some groups just be arbitrarily ordered, others in a specified order, and kind of mix and match. Um, but yeah, I'm part of my my kind of mental makeup is I'm always looking to optimize, always looking to streamline. I was looking to improve. Um, and it helps in many cases and it's actually got me in trouble in certain other cases because I spent too much time optimizing and, and not enough time just doing the stuff in some situations.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I've been there.
1: <laughs> so anyway, that's the last bit I was uh, thinking about sharing in the, the demo today.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing so. Um, these are both really great. Um, showing the different, two different approaches to having a I want to call it a meta field, Mm -hmm. um, a meta record that sets up the rest of your calculations. Everything is coming off of one record. Um, In this case, in the base we're currently seeing right now, mode selection. In the other one, it was um, the one that's just named a period. So, Mm great. Great.
1: Cool. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, helping me, letting me kind of uh, demonstrate some of this stuff. It's been uh, it's been fun building it and fun sharing it. And uh, I'm hoping to eventually be able to share um, this finished base, quote unquote, finish because in my mind, it never is finished. Um, but I'm hoping to get it to a point where I feel comfortable sharing it with a wider audience and letting them play with it and develop it on their own and morph mm-hmm. it and whatever they need to do.
0: Oh, that'd be great. So whenever it's ready just tell us and we'll send it to all of
1: our our listeners absolutely
0: great so once again thank you for being on the podcast and you have a good day
1: thanks again you too